Welcome to Ma's Garage. I'm Kaz. I'm Crick. And I'm Smokey. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about organization and structure. So grab a log and join us by the fire. We have the ability of editing. That's right. <laughs> oh, Can make man. anything anything. I am to be excited to have this PC set up. It's time consuming, but it's it's fun. It's just another creative outlet. What you see when you're done is always worth it. Right. And if it's not, you know, you're not done. Right. And not just the editing that I'm going to use it for just all the different learning about like crypto and yeah, like learning a whole new realm. You got to talk to my brother on crypto. He's like super into crypto. I can't have the conversations anymore. It's just my mind goes fuzzy when people talk about crypto with. I was having a little bit of a conversation with him. I mean, like he he mostly uses an he he mostly uses an app, which I need to still do more research on because there's so many different outlets. I mean, I understand a little bit how crypto as a whole works, but there's there's apps you can use. There's also like websites which are basically apps, and that's the that's where I just. I wonder how the different outlets work and what the difference is between them. I think it's just their cut and how fast you can trade. From what I learned, it's like... Yeah, because I, I imagine it's got to be something similar to like Stash and Robinhood, where right. you, can, you can purchase these stocks, but Stash and Robinhood are essentially the brokerage that holds them on your behalf. Yeah, and how fast they so if you sell, it might not sell to that night. You know what I mean? It's right, like, right, right. It's not instantly. it's not a guarantee that it's instantaneous. And Robinhood, you can buy crypto on Robinhood. You can. I had I'm a little bit invested through Robinhood with like uh Dogecoin. Same. <laughs> that shit's been fluctuating like crazy. It has up and down. And like I feel crazy. I feel very foolish because like the whole idea was to just like, oh, put 20 here, here, put 20 there, here, put 20 here. And I haven't been doing that. And it has been fluctuating, like you said. And that's part of the reason why is that I put in 20 and then like it was re- it was getting to a good point. And then all of a sudden it just kind of stopped because Elon Musk stopped putting a lot of money into Dogecoin and started putting more company into his billionaire rockets in space. And and trying Twitter. to take over Twitter, yeah, yeah, went through purchasing Twitter for forty billion. Yeah, Twitter. Oh my god, Twitter. Twitter. You got a pretty invested in it. There was something where it said too that I, um, I don't know if it was a meme or not, but it said something about that he wants to buy Coca Cola and put cocaine back in it. I've been seeing, I've been seeing, the, <laughs> I've been seeing the posts. Like they've been getting good. I don't know if it was a joke or reality because I could definitely. I mean, I would. I could see it. I mean, point, so. the guy's got the power. Right. To do basically whatever he wants. Yeah. He's almost as scary as robotic Santa from Futurama. Right. Right. Someone so said today is like great ideas, poor execution. Oh, I forgot what the third thing was. I don't know. But like, yeah. Yeah. It's like he could either be like, it's like anything, he'd be like a superhero or a super villain. It's just depends on what he chooses to do. Wow. Just wild. Yeah. The amount of money that he has generated and he started literally at the same spot that basically all of us started just like as like someone with a dream. And then he just made his work ethic and put, put his nose to the grind and. Yeah. 
made stuff happen with the power that he had. Yeah. It's hard to do. That's it gets stressful. It gets stressful when you're sitting there like pushing and pushing and pushing. Like that's where I feel is like, there's so much I want to do and can do, but you got to focus it. You can't you do all over the place with it. It's that's too much energy that you're just expressing everywhere. And nowadays we all have, and our anxiety is just flowing all the time. Like we're always anxious about, Oh, we can do this. Oh, we can do that. Oh, I should do that. Oh, I should do this. Oh, I should do this should right, be doing right this. now. Oh, I should do this later. I should do this tomorrow. Like we have thousands of thoughts happening at once it seems. And that's why it overwhelms a lot of us. And that's why a lot of us are just like, I need to do something that is just, I can singular focus on one thing. I can literally melt the rest of my brain and just focus on this one thing that can keep my anxiety down. And I can just keep my focus on this one thing. Or we light it up. Huh? Or we light it up. What do you mean? Like, Light up the joint. Oh, yeah, turn yeah. Off the rest that, of it. That's, that's generally like smoking. Like fo- I'm focused on one thing. Focused on the smoking that like alleviates the anxiety. Well, it's it's any addiction. It's it's for because that's where I've learned. All I'm doing is chasing different addictions to get rid of my anxiety. It's either weed or food or nicotine or like anything else. It's never video games. Like whatever. I'm always trying to escape instead of just deal with the shit at hand, mm-hmm. but it's not like the anxiety is killing you. It's just there. It's just anxiety. It's just right. a fucking, it's a concept in your mind. So my question to you guys is when you've got something that you either know needs to be done or you really want to get it done and you you're gung ho about it. What are your first steps to make sure you don't just say, screw it later? Like wh- how do you formulate your plan of attack? Act. What I've learned now is if I don't act within, it's that three second rule. It's, and it's a mistake I make because I know that's what I should do is when I think about something I need to do, get up and start doing it. Because the biggest mistake I make is when I wait and then I don't do it. But if I just get going on it, which I don't always know what that means. It means just go and touch and get my hands on it. Writing a list is honestly super helpful too. I've, started doing that again the other day. Like I was stressed out about all this stuff on my day off. Cause there was so much, I was like, I have so much to do. What do I do? And it's like, we'll write it all down. And I got almost everything done on my list. So it's, you know, act and structure. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Basically going along with what Crick said, just knowing <clears throat> that if I take some action and do something, write a list, get some things of the project together, get some action, get, get that momentum moving. And then it's just me jumping in and out to finish when I need to. A good thing with that too, is, is start with the smallest thing on your list. The thing that's going to take under five minutes and get that knocked off because yep. for whatever that reward is, you're just marking off on a piece of paper. But the fact that you just check something off from this big daunting thing that was overwhelming in your head. It's, it's just gratifying. It's motivating. It makes you want to keep going. It's almost like uh, seeing the indestructible person get cut and bleed and they're just a man. Right. It is comparable. Humanize. That's a good way to look at it. Cause it is, it's daunting until you attack it. Everything seems like this big grand thing that's going to take you forever. 
And it's just because there's so many points to it. And there's so many different things that you have to approach it from. And it's just all that you're wasting more time by sitting there thinking about it. You're wasting more time by dreading over it. And all you're doing is discouraging yourself. You're making it bigger than it needs to be by making it bigger than it needs to be in your head. 100%. That's, That's where it's dangerous too. Like I learned this with the gym, especially is that, I would find ways to distract myself or when I was getting ready to go to the gym, I'd start other mini projects or start cleaning something or start anything else to stop me from going to the gym, which I knew I wanted to do. Get but distractions. Yeah. And it would be something, well, this is productive. This is, this is like, you said you're going to go to the gym. You're just putting it off. You're just kicking that can down the road go. You can do this when you come back home. Your plan was this. Don't get distracted by something else that you have to do. You know what I mean? Just focus on the intent of the thing that that's where lists help because if it's not on your list, don't worry about it right now. It's not important. You didn't write it on the list for a reason. You can do that later. What if I forgot to write it on the list? (laughs) I need to add it. That's where I have my secondary list. I have like my list of stuff that needs to just get done my big project list. And then I have what I'm doing today, because if I just have this list and then in there, he has, what am I doing this hour? Right. That's what it comes down to. That's my problem is I don't segregate my lists enough. My lists become one giant list and I close it and say, Nope, that's overwhelming. (laughs) It's written down. It's down there. I wrote it. (laughs) Step one taken next. I made I made the list. Now I get to cry about the list. Right. <laughs> no, I better add that to the list. It's I don't know why that's so beneficial. I think it's because it's like a computer. You're using processing power to remember all the stuff that you have to do. So if you can put it on a list, it clears it out of your mind. And then if you can break it down into smaller chunks that are easier to bite off, I you know, I we took that from every tool is a hammer. That's you know, that's what he talks about in there is break big obstacles down into smaller and smaller projects. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that too, you can either do them yourself or find people that you can delegate them to. You only have so much time in each day and each week. So that's where it's it's something that I would have a hard time paying people for stuff that I can just do myself. But if I have a bunch of other stuff on my list and it's worth my time to pay somebody else to take care of this, then I'll do it. Going back to your computer processor thing, somebody questioned me once at work why I carry a journal around and why I'm always writing stuff down and making all this stuff. I said, because I've realized the limits of my brain and my memory is not as good as I like to pretend it is. Yeah. How many times in our life have we said, oh, we should remember that or we should do something with that? Do you even remember half of those things? No. I would have to sit down and try my best to recall as many. It's almost like that episode of Futurama where they had the iPhone that you could just like take a video of anything that you just saw so that then then you would always have it as like a memory. Just go back and play it. Yep. yep. And that's <laughs> that's how that video got spread. <laughs> that That's a good point. It almost makes me feel better because before I always thought, well, I'm getting older, so my memory's going and I'm just, it's slowly deteriorating, but you're probably hundred percent right. I just, I've always been like this. I'm just more aware now. I'm right. more aware of myself and why I do things and my interactions. I'm not as just arrogant of my abilities. 
it's crazy to think about right <laughs> how long we went with thinking we could just remember everything no problem right. and then eventually someone was like you know what what you just said i'm gonna write it on this parchment so that people never forget <laughs> right or how many people have run off with ideas like that because they knew that person would forget and it's like mm -hmm. well he hasn't done anything with it. It's been like 10 years. I guess I'll put this piece of paper to use. And that's where we've all met someone like that who will tell you the same thing that they're going to do a hundred times. Mm -hmm. it, like it's this new thing that they've never told you and they're re-explaining it. It's like you've been saying the same story, the same thing for years, for months. You know, it's since I met you on it. Right. 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 And it's a, it's one thing if they're progressing and it's a project they got to work on it. It's a, but if you always talk about it and never do it, yeah, it's the same story, the same progression every right. single time. It's like, when are you actually going to make movement on? Like we've been talking about this idea for the last five to six, five, seven years, whatever. Like when are the all the stars and all the planets going to align for you to? actually do this or is this 51st dates and you just thought of this grand idea for the first time again right it's i was listening to following verse song yesterday and he says and it's don't talk about it just be about it yeah you don't have to sit there and tell everybody just go do it just do it there's that so i think it's really i think it's a little bit funny like a friend of mine has been talking about building a pc literally for the last like five plus years that i've known the guy i'm about to get get it done in a year's time and just because i have the drive and i'm gonna get it done right and he 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 recently closed on a house within the last year or so and he's talked about like all the things that he wants to do and everything that he wants to get done for the house and every time I've seen him since that, I've said, hey, how are things are going? And just, yep, yep, we're still waiting. We're going to get there. Things are going to work out. I'm just, he can make them work at any time, but he refuses to take himself away from his career. He sell, I mean, he sells insurance and he's really good at what he does. So, I mean, I commend him for what he does, but it's unfortunate that it seems like he can't take that balance to prioritize what he needs to do in his personal life than what he has going on in his professional life. It's a problem with a lot of people. I feel like is they go to finally live and it's too late at that point. Like they've missed out on all the best parts of life because they're right. so dedicated to their career. Yeah. The money's, the money's good, but the money's not everything. Right. Mm -hmm. You forget what not you're trying to save all that money for. And you, you really need to, that's where structure really helps in terms of being able to accumulate and continue to accumulate money so that you don't have a source that just kind of dries out, you know? Right. Like it's nice to at least have it continually coming in because you do need it as a tool to be able to sustain your lifestyle. And that, that ties back into Liz too. That's one thing I need to sit down soon and do is a broader spectrum of the goals that I want to achieve. Like write all that stuff down, write all the things that I want over here, things, the facts that I, mean, I want to make in the world, the projects that I want to do, and then have a list of the things that I'm doing now and can do, and then find a way to meet those. How, how are these 
going to get me to this? We've been doing that since preschool. Connect right. the lines. What what do the things mean? How right. do they, what goes to what? This is what I have. Why this is what I us. want. How do I make that? With this is the, these are the resources that I have. This is the idea that I want to accomplish. How do I get the two to work? Otherwise, it's just like the gym and you get distracted. You yep. get distracted with other stuff. That oh, you're what's like, that well, shiny He's doing something. I'm doing something. I'm, I'm, I'm being busy. You know, that's dangerous just At being these, busy. These days, because everyone has so much going on, we're all busy. We all got shit going on. That excuse is getting old. Mm-hmm. Either yeah, come out pe- with a cooler when, excuse or do when, something. People literally just fall on, oh, I've just been so busy. It's like, oh, me too. Tell me about it. Right. You got to do something about it. We get caught up in being busy. We give other people our time and other people our dedication. And that's really what it comes down to. And that's what I look people in the eye and I say, I get it. As an adult, you prioritize what's important to you. That's where you need that work-life balance too, because I've realized that about myself. I become more aware when a job starting to consume me. When mm-hmm. I'm thinking about when I'm not at work, when I'm spending time, more time at the job and catching myself being there later hours and dedicating myself to something that I don't see myself doing for the rest of my life. And I'm just like, it's now it's, 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 it's a, it's a check. It's like a red flag. You need to do something up. about this. Boing. Yeah. It's so easy to get caught somewhere for five, 10 years because mm-hmm. you feel progression. You feel like you're doing something, but is it what you want to do? Just because you're moving forward doesn't mean it's always in the right direction. Right. Are you actually moving towards something that you care about? Right. Or is it, it something could, that you're told it, you should care about? It could be moving you further ahead in one direction, but further away from the actual dire- direction that you want to go in. Saying yes to one thing is saying no to another. Mm-hmm. Right. 100%. That's that's where I feel like now at 30, I had a structure to the way that I was living. I had a structure and an organization to how I live my life. Kind of. It was a chaotic structure to get me by in a short span. It was to live and enjoy myself. But now at 30, I'm finally thinking of like a bigger goal. And I feel like I'm trying to start to steer out of this big drift that I'm in where I'm headed in this direction and I'm realizing that's not the direction I want to be going. So now I'm already so deep into it and I'm trying to just quickly get over here, but that's not going to happen. You can't change everything like that. You have to make those micro adjustments to get yourself out of that, to get yourself from where you are now to where you want to be. It doesn't just happen overnight. Right. And those paths always connect, you know, that that's always in your past, but that past shapes your future. Right. That's all going to be used somehow in whatever it is you end up doing. Right. Whether you use it as a driving momentum tool or use it as you learn skills back there. You can't change your past. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. You can't exactly fix your future too. You can't set how your future is going to be. You can't, dictate how it's going to be because life's going to throw you curveballs. Life's going to mess you up. Things are going to unforeseen things are going to happen. You can have ideas in your head of how you want things to go, but they have to be loose because something's going to come your way. Mm-hmm. The only thing you have control of is what you do in this moment. Right. And prepare yourself 
for those. Prepare yourself. Teach yourself how to react in those situations so that you don't freak out and you don't get overwhelmed and you just take it for what it is and Mm -hmm. take advantage of the situation at hand. It's very Seneca. (laughs) (laughs) But now it's truth. I mean, you can try to prepare yourself for all of the worst case scenarios. And because you prepared yourself for those, life will throw a different curveball at you. But because you prepared for anything to go wrong, it just is what it is. You know, you work it with al- it. It almost throws you off when everything goes right. Yeah. So you're like looking sometimes. around the corner. You're like, yeah. hey, I what's going to happen? <laughs> I had all of this. I, I almost guaranteed this was going to happen. And it just, this was just too easy. Like something is not right. Like, what am I overlooking? That's where you have to watch out for, which I think I'm a big culprit of is self-sabotage. Yeah, we can uh, we can screw ourselves over so hard for tons of different reasons. For even though you want something so bad, the fear of attaining it can make you stab yourself in the foot. Absolutely, and oh, Sarge, I I got shot in the foot. This I got to get out of here. <laughs> I've been writing excuse. about that a lot in my journal lately. It's self sabotage. Like, what are you doing? Seriously, mm-hmm. quit making excuses for yourself. Quit justifying all these poor habits. If you don't want to do it, then don't do it. If you want to do it, then do it. Excuses are follow through on your, on your decision. Mm -hmm. A little bit of that though, is giving yourself, there's a humbleness and break to that because that's something I'm struggling with. And that's where a lot of anxiety can come from. For me on the top of it is organization. I'm not the most organized person. I'm not, there's a reason my camera is only facing this way. Same. Um, (laughs) I'm not super organized and I, and I get so down on myself about it, but uh, what my therapist brought up to me and I thought was great is he said, that's one of your weaknesses, but you probably have a lot of other strengths. It's, yeah, that's true. You're never going to be good at everything. You're never going to good at every single thing you do. You're not going to have all the skills in the book. Like you can become better at them, but accepting that your weakness is the first step to getting past it. If you just get frustrated with yourself every time that you aren't performing to the standard that you see other people performing at, all you're going to do is just belittle yourself for it. And it's going to put you in a mind state where it's not going to get any better. But if you just accept it for how it is and then make small micro adjustments to make it better, then you don't put yourself into that spiral of up and down, up and down, up and down kind of Mm -hmm. aspect. The reality TV loop, right? Keeping Mm -hmm. up with the Joneses in a sense but not really the Joneses. We got to stop focusing on other people and what they have and what they're doing and what their life progression is and all this other stuff. On that same note, even like relying on people's feedback for every little thing that you're doing. Right. You know, like sometimes you just got to do it. Is this all right? Is this what I should be doing? They look for that personal justification Mm -hmm. in that third party. I am guilty. I, I used to do that. I still do that sometimes and I try not to, but, and I think arts helped me with that because when I made something, I was always looking for other people to tell me it was good or that it was right or that it was done or that it was finished or tell me. And they're like, you're the one who's making it. How do we know if it's done? If you're the one who's deciding, like, you know, like it's having that 
that's a lesson on its own is that confidence to just accept what you did is you like you have the final judgment on it you know it's, it's scary sometimes it's scary sometimes to put yourself out there like that and because people are going to judge you people don't want to give you feedback but they'll be the first people to judge you but that doesn't matter it doesn't matter what people judge or what mm-hmm. they think because you know what is it he with a glass house shouldn't throw stones if you if you sit there and look into their life everybody's flawed everybody's got some kind of flaw that they try to cover up with their strengths so it's just because your flaw is showing you know it comes it's easy for someone who doesn't do it to be able to throw shade at it right yeah it just it comes down to the people that have put the effort and have the proper structure nowadays depending on who you are the type of lifestyle that you have you have your own way of doing things and some people are highly structured in that they have their whole personal day planner on their phone whatever their system is they're looking at like what am i doing this hour what am i doing this half hour what am i doing at this at this time block and some people they need to have stuff like that because if they don't have that structure then it's just chaos for them which is a positive and a negative because Mm -hmm. their whole life is structured therefore they always know what's going on and they're on top of their things but like you said when when a curveball comes or i've met so many people like that where they're super organized and they're super critical but when something bad happens it's it's a catastrophe it's, they break down. It's the it end of the world. Throws this is not what they expect. The entire system. Mm-hmm. It can ruin their whole day instead of just taking advantage of the situation that's hand and still finding enjoyment out of it. Everything's gone. Everything's a waste because now their whole mm-hmm. entire map is just destroyed. On another side of that, think of a day that goes perfect for them. Think of all the other stuff that they've missed because it wasn't part of their plan. Like things in the background, even around them, because they're so focused yeah. on the one thing. What do you miss because of that? Yeah. And I mean, that could be a multitude of different things. Yeah. I mean, there's good structure and then there's overstructure. And I mean, I guess it's whatever works for the individual. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to your personal structure, how you have your own personal day handled that it's comfortable for you to be able to go through it. As far as workspace goes, I feel like I used to be a lot more organized ever since I moved into this house. So I just can't get my stuff where it's supposed to go. I haven't found that place yet. It's because you have so much free space in areas that you don't know where things should go. That's because probably what so it is. many different places, things could go wherever they really need to. But until you start like designated designating spaces and actually like pinning them down, that's when you're going to check things off your list, like cross them off. Like this goes here, this can go here, this goes here, this goes here, and this goes here. And this is what makes sense. It's exactly like we were saying about career opportunities and people nowadays, there's so much stuff you can do that it's overwhelming and you do nothing. You know, that's, that's where you have is. to go in and make that executive decision. I'm just going to decide this is where this goes. Nothing's permanent. I can move it someday if I choose to, but for now, this is there. This lives. This is where this mm-hmm. goes because it could go anywhere. It could, it could lay out. Probably there's a, what, at least half a million different ways you could organize that room, you know? So there's it's two rooms, the two rooms. 
Yeah. How, it, I mean, goes it, what? It's, How it's you want to set up a up? large amount of space compared in comparison to the, the material and stuff that you have. And that goes back to the, just acting. There's, there's so many ways mm-hmm. you could do it. Stop thinking about it and just act upon it and organize. And I have, I have those nights sometimes. <laughs> a lot of these nights though, as I look at this pile and say, I'm going to take a nap and I'm going to tackle that. And all of a sudden it's five o'clock <laughs> yeah. in the morning. You wake up and you're just like, oh, I'll get to it tomorrow. That, that tomorrow, tomorrow never comes dangerous. It uh, is. I'll take care of it later. I'll take care of it later. And that's, that's again, where lists help because if you have stuff on your list, there's stuff even from the other day that I did the list that I didn't get everything on it done, which I still need to do some of that stuff, but I still got things that I wanted to get done, done. I still accomplished something that's now not a problem. And if I do that every single day, I'm still accomplishing things that I see as important. And those things will keep getting moved over to another list until mm-hmm. they get done. And I will say I'm, I've made small lists and I've, I've tackled the list for the things that I've made in this room, except for a few things and paperwork's the big one. You know, if I take care of my paperwork now, because it's a freaking mountain, all I have to do is stay on top of it. Paperwork once a week and then I'm good to go. Instead of letting it pile up for months. See, I I try to break that too, but that's my organization style for whatever reason. I cleaned up my whole house, spent like a couple hours cleaning up my whole house. And I'm like, all right, now keep it this way. Keep it this way. Hang your coats up. Do this. Take care of the stuff. There's no coats on my coat rack right now. Not a single one is hanging on there. I was doing good for a couple of days and then it all kind of slowly fall apart. And now I need to spend another day recleaning my whole house. And that's how I've always kind of been. That's where there's a little bit of ex- understanding how you work to some extent, because I think it was even Einstein. Einstein's work desk was a disaster. Yeah. Like it was just an imagine. absolute mess. And some people say that I, I hate to agree. Cause I feel like it's kind of an excuse for being messy, but I understand it is, when things are messy, I know where everything is. Yeah. And as soon as I clean and organize everything, I have no clue where stuff goes. I've learned drawers are my enemy. Drawers yeah. hide things more than anything. Mm-hmm. I forget I have some cool stuff because they're in drawers. Right. Yeah. You, you got to remember that you put them in that drawer. Right. That's it's where it's got to be in your face because that's where I feel like I haven't touched the vinyl because it's like inside of a cabinet. And I just decided to do a project because it's not sitting there looking me in the face and giving me that ideas, the thoughts. You just hide colors. it. Right. right. That's what it is, too. Dude. Honestly, since I've come here, I've hid stuff from myself and I've forgotten about things that I was doing. There's some things that I won't do in the house, like the epoxy project or casting plastic. But I feel like I was doing a lot of other stuff when we were living at my dad's house. And when I even had my old house... Now I've just lost track of everything. I've also picked up a bunch of other new hobbies. <laughs> and you've got other demand for other skills. Yeah. That's where Adam Savage's shop is nice because everything's in see-through containers. Mm-hmm. So even though yeah. it's stacked away and put away, you can look at it. You can just go look down the bins and then, because that's sometimes you don't know what you're going to use until you see it. Right. You know, or so maybe you're, when you're looking for the tool, the and you're like, "That'll work right. for the project." Right? Yeah, you got to leave yourself open up for that creativity, and so that's where I think there's a balance with that because there's people I know too who are over organized. Mm-hmm. Where if you're in their house and you set a glass down or something spills, 
they're like a Roomba and they're right after and have to pick it up. They're on top of it. And to the point where they're, it's like obsessive. It's nothing can be out of place. Nothing can be out of order. Otherwise it drives them nuts and they have to go take care of it. And I have some of my friends that are similar in that nature that they have designated file systems for how they run things in their estate, which is understandable, but people live a different way. You can't expect them just to come in and that's the thing. It's like jump on board. I I understand that you have your own way and thank you for telling me, but don't ridicule me for not knowing and doing things the way that I'm going to do them because that's just the simple way that I've always done them. Like this way that you just taught me, Hey, that's, I hadn't really thought about it in that grandioso spectrum. Thank you for sharing that with me. Now let's continue with what we were doing. Right. Like, like you, you don't have to like look down upon me and educate me per se. Like have you been invited back since your knowledge. <laughs> and that's, that's the thing too, is it's gotta become a habit. You, you can't just tell someone once and expect them to do it that way every time from then on. It's not right. how the mind works. There's so much stuff I've told myself that I need to start doing and still don't do because I haven't created the habit of doing it. I feel like that's a huge thing with organization and structure is creating the habits that you want to follow and finding a way to keep up with them until they become a habit. Because I'm great about doing stuff and keeping organized for a week or two. And then something happens. Mm. I get sick. Uh, something just unexpected. I get super busy and I'm working all the time. And then some life altering event. And then it all falls off and then I'm back at square one trying to get back on the horse. So another thing that falls in with organization and structure, I don't know about you guys, but I am terrible at prioritizing. Like, what should I be doing right now? Because I feel like everything should be at the top of my list. And then I ended up just doing nothing. Um, I've gotten better at that. I feel like with being a manager and having to delegate people, I've gotten better at prioritizing in, in the sense of how I do it is it's kind of time sensitive in two different ways. It's time sensitive and what's going to take me the least amount of time. So things that take me five, 10, 20 minutes, those I'm getting done first because within an hour I can get five things done off my list. And then the second thing is things that are time sensitive with dates coming up. So yes. if this has to be done by this weekend or by next week, that's at the top of my priority list. And then I'll kind of check stuff off from down there. And I guess what, what, I don't know if this is good or bad, but what also values to other people. So things that I just want to do for me are going to go a little bit farther on the list. If it's for me and somebody else, it's going to go up a little bit. When you have that other person, it gives a little bit more weight to it. I remember learning a system that is, it's essentially like a four quadrant system where you have what's important and what's urgent. So what's most important, most urgent is in the top left. And then next to important is not important. So if it's urgent, but it's not important, then it doesn't get as high of a priority as what's important and urgent. And then if it's not urgent, but important, that gets a little bit more than what's not important and not urgent. So that way you have your hierarchy of this is what is most weighted. This is what's least weighted. And this is the stuff that I can work with a little bit. Now, as time goes on, 
the weight adds a little bit and things shift a little bit and you just don't want what's most important and most urgent to be forgotten and that it hurts the most people. Right. And that goes back into making that executive call because what is important is relative. You know, it's up to you to decide what takes the most value and which can be hard to do, especially with creative works and things that you want to, Society can tell you things are less important than what you find truly important to your your value of things that you want to create or that you want to do for other people and things that are just seem like a harebrained scheme, but it's because it's something that you want to do for somebody, but it's important to you. It meant something to you. That's the reason why you value it. And so you got to figure those things out too, things that, that you prioritize. And you're the only one that can make that distinguishment when it comes down to what's important to you. Then you have to be the one who adds value to that to make it so it actually gets done. Mm-hmm. Put that level of importance or that urgency. Get the list started. Put some numbers next to them. Just mm-hmm. rank them a little bit. Do you guys ever rank your priorities and your tasks? I do for work. Sometimes I do for, for home. I, I have been doing it more lately. Like I'll, I'll rewrite my list in like a spark note version of what the order I should do it. Like mm-hmm. do laundry because the washer can go while you're doing other things. Mm-hmm. Do this because it's got to get out by a certain time. Work on this while that's doing that. But if this gets done, then go do that. Then come back to this. It's weird. I feel like I... I start out with a pretty good list sometimes, and then it turns into like those crazy people with all the pins and strings connecting things. I understand. I understand. I think that goes back to the thinking about it for too long. You're spending too long making your list. Yeah. You know what I mean? My list takes me, I have to stop myself after there's like five or six things on the list for my day. That's it. I'm going to go get started on this because otherwise I'm going to overwhelm myself. I'm going to start to prioritize. I'm going to, you're just going to think keep adding and much. never take away. Right. And throughout my day, I'll add more. If there's something that comes up, I'm like, oh, I could probably get this done today. And I've already knocked off three other things. Let me go add this to my list real quick. Or if I do something else and finish it and, and like, just because it was around, then I'll go add it to my list and check it off right away. Cause it feels good. Right. <laughs> That's a quick win. Exactly. You're just like, I might as well go grocery shopping after hitting up the bank. I never right. thought to limit the amount of items that I put on the list. Make it attain attainable goals. Mm-hmm. Attainable goals. So you're not That's so what it hard on be. yourself because it's so easy to be let down where if you put 20 things on your list and you accomplish eight and then you're mad at yourself, you still accomplish eight things that you really want to get done that day. That's better than none of them. Yeah. Better than zero. It's making it attainable. And that's a learned thing too, because you got to understand what's, what's attainable. What, how much can you get done in a day? So I guess to think about it that way too, what, you know, coordinate, coordinate them together within their time. What's relative, what things you have to go drive across all town for. Can you set that up for another day so you can go do all your driving things at once so it's not like, oh, I have to go drive and then do this. And just don't make it overwhelming. Make it make your list work for you. See, and that right there, you just kind of talked about you want to be efficient with how you tackle your list. And you think about some people that have weighted responsibilities that they have to be efficient with how they tackle their list because there's some responsibilities that just cannot get skipped. It's going to be detrimental on their life. Mm-hmm. 
think yeah. about think about the order and the structure that like a professional athlete has to go through, especially someone that's younger than the age of like 21. Like how much structure and organization did you have at like your early 20s? And now all of a sudden this person's just getting thrown into the spotlight that they have to do all of these things now. And it it overwhelms them in a lot of aspects. That's where they look for that representation that can handle a lot of that burden. And then they can literally just focus on their craft. So what you're saying is I need an agent. <laughs> saying we all need personal agents. It'd be so nice. I wish Google Assistant or Alexa did a little bit more. You're just out, <laughs> you're out with your friends and like you see a girl that catches your interest and you're just like, pull up my agent real quick. Hey, her. <laughs> he just he just arranges it all right got a date set for two days from now this is the rest cool he like don't even have to go to each and other say a word to and milk chocolate make sure you bring the milk chocolates okay got it absolutely yeah yeah it gives the date notes gives all like, and a reminder to it. pick up milk chocolates <laughs> Dude, a notary would be awesome. Someone who uh, I could just dictate stuff to, which I can do to my phone, but it doesn't understand me half the time. But I enjoy journaling. And journaling is similar to list. I guess similar to list making. It's more, it's still a mind dump. Like a meditation. Sense. It really right. is a form of meditation. It, it's it getting is that stuff definitely, out. Um, it can be meditating depending on your, who you are, but it is definitely a mind dump. Yeah. It's, Cause it's, you're literally just, this is what I'm thinking about. And I'm just going to write it down. You're seeing your thoughts on paper, just like mm -hmm. your list. Your list is all your anxiety and the things that you have to do and the things that are weighing on you. It's, it's all this stuff that's just going crazy in your head. And then you put it on paper and you're like, well, that's not too bad. That's not as bad as I thought it you're was. Like, that kind of looks like a unicorn. <laughs> Squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> Yeah, it's life is what you make it at the end of the day. And we are the ones who stress ourselves out. Mm -hmm. We are the ones who take on response more responsibilities than we can handle, agree to stuff that we, you know, agree to more stuff and we can't even accomplish the things that we're already doing. Stress out when we don't even need to stress out and can just be acting upon it. So it's make life easier for you by understanding yourself accepting your weaknesses, understanding your strengths and setting obtainable goals. Usually why, like, at least what I'm learning, all my stress comes from me being too damn hard on myself. So if I want to enjoy life, mm -hmm, get in my own way. So if I want to make life enjoyable, I need to set more attainable standards for myself and I'll enjoy life more. It's pretty it's simplistic how it makes sense. works that way. Right mind-blowing right <laughs> that is mad, actually you're a madman yeah <laughs> it's nuts i literally just wrote something about that in my journal the other day that who am i to compare myself and my responsibilities to atlas you know the guy that zeus charged with carrying the world on his back right like, right dude just do the freaking dishes <laughs> right right just get the laundry started. I going back to that a little bit, especially with being efficient with getting chores done and stuff. I'll, I'll catch myself like in the middle of a chore, like, wait a minute, stop this, go get this going because then you can do this at the same time that this is going. 
Dude, for real. Like, I, I always find myself like for whatever, I'll get like two or three things done. And then like, oh crap, I still haven't started the laundry. Right? Like the basket's sitting right next to the washer. That's that's the thing that's always humbled me too. I went through my teenage years where I was in this very like woe is me stage for a while. And the only thing that got me out of it is you're worried about all this stuff, but there's somebody somewhere who would give anything to have your situation. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Who would, would trade with you in a minute and you're sitting here complaining about all the stuff that you have to do and take care of. And there's people even on top of that who have so many more responsibilities right. who are in charge of huge organizations or people, life or death situations that deal with it every day. Like, like we were talking about a little bit earlier, Elon Musk, I'm sure his life is amazing, but there's a reason that it's his lifestyle and not mine. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, and amazing a, is also perspective too, right? I mean, some people have very simple view aspect of amazing or perfection. Yeah. Their own self-interpretation. Yeah. That's what you got to figure out though, because if you figure out what you need to be happy in life, because if you're looking at all these other people and be like, well, if they have all this stuff, that's probably happy. So I need to attain what they do. So I'm going to push myself to try to be at that level, but maybe that's not what you actually need to be happy. You may need a lot less to be happy or a whole different route to be happy. And you can attain that in a different way instead of banging your head up against the wall because you can't figure out how to live that other person's life. Mm-hmm. Live your own to the fullest, live your own to the most that it is with everything that you have and that you're capable of. You know, that's he, Elon Musk pursued things that he wanted, the things that he had visions for, the things that he wanted to do. And that's why he's in the position that he is. Absolutely. And you can be that same person you had in your a dream. Own life. Right. And there, there's probably somebody already who envies the thing that you do. You know, even though you think little, I felt like that about Colorado. I was like, I moved out to Colorado. It was a whim. Things, it wasn't glamorous. It was fun. It was different. And, but there's people who like envied that, envied that I was able to take off and get out to a new state and do those different things. And because they feel like they're stuck in any form. Right. And I looked, I didn't give myself the value of the things that I was doing. I didn't appreciate things that I was doing in my own life and the progressions that I was making. And that's, it's just showing yourself that appreciation for the things that you have accomplished, the cool things that you have learned, the skills that you have, the families that you've brought, the, there's so much that we have to be grateful for and can appreciate instead of focusing on what we don't have or what we want or what could be better or what life always could be better. Looking at it as a personal challenge. How do I? Right. Just live life, live life in the moment. That's, that's what they talk about. Like Stoics is going on nature walks and walking in nature. And I started doing that the other day again, which I miss. I freaking love nature. Um, Nature is beautiful. But at the first part of it, I was, okay, you're out here to just enjoy this. You're out here to just be in nature and just go for a walk and take it in. And I was doing that for a while. And then I checked my phone and checked the map just to make sure I wasn't getting lost. And then I start to see how long I was out there and I had nothing I had to do after it. But the moment I started looking at that time, I was like, Oh, I've already been out here for this long. Is that too long to be out here? Could I be doing something else with this? Like you just, you just just have to be be out there as long as you need to, you know? Exactly. 
I'm out here to be out here. I don't need to worry about time is, is just a concept that we've created. It's not something that you have to revolve everything around. Just be present in the moment and happy with what you have and what you have at that moment that you have the ability to be even out there on your own. Some people don't have that ability, you know, a friend of mine recently advised me that um, she did research that people that are able to stay disconnected from their phone when they first wake up for the first hour of the day, that it actually helps them more like with their health, because then they don't have to just automatically connect like right when they wake up Mm -hmm. and start that anxiety, like from the second that they wake up. So I've actually been trying to do that. And I was able to do a decent amount today. I'm going to do better tomorrow. It it is a little bit easier for me because I basically just, I start my day with my job. So, okay, great. Log in and phone down and to work. So it is a little easier for someone like me, but someone that doesn't have that structure, you, I imagine like you just got to figure other things that can take your focus for at least that first hour that it's just a natural waking up. Well, that's what Ryan Holiday says, too. He's a real big stoic advocate is even with like work and stuff. Hey, he won't check emails. He won't check his phone. He won't do anything. He's not going to become an item on somebody's to do list. His he's got the first full hour after he wakes up. To, you know, wake up and find out who he is again and get re-intuned with himself before he begins his day and does what he needs to do. It makes sense. See, That's something I need to change. I I literally start every day like I'm in bed. I can't get up. So I'll just throw on like the episode of Good Mythical Morning. Usually watch that to get my brain going. And then I'll get out of bed and go make some coffee or because I don't want to get up at first. But that's probably exactly it because I've created a habit where I'm going to lay there for 10, 15 Mm -hmm. minutes and get relaxed. It's so hard to just jump out of bed. But another good alternate that I'm going to I should try is I've heard a lot of like successful people will read first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's how I started. Yeah. Reading first thing in the morning is supposed to get the brain started in the morning. Not as easy when you got to wait, when you got to work at eight, eight, eight in the morning. I mean, I just, I don't feel like getting up much earlier than like seven 30. Some people get up well earlier than that. It makes me look like a little bitch. It is what it is. The time that's, I get to work. That's your sleep routine. <laughs> I get it. I, I mean, I used to be able to wake up at five. Now I wake up at six 40. I'm out my it's, door by it's 6. It's much 50. more comfortable for me to read in the middle of the day now. I maybe with weather improving, I'll be waking up in the in on the weekends and I'll wake up early enough that I do want to sit out on my patio and read a little bit. I'll have that opportunity and I'll be able to explore that. But at least during the week, it's a lot easier. Like get out of work, take a shower, and then just read for a little bit and then go mm-hmm. on with your day. And as long as you're reading part of the day, I think that's all that matters with that too, because it's it's not scrolling through your news feed, it's not looking at the news, it's it's going on an adventure, an yeah. imaginative adventure. A little, yeah, dep- depending on what you're reading. That's a, a huge part of structure too, is your circadian rhythm. Yeah. It's the pattern that you put your sleep in, because I was trying to do the same. I get up an hour before work. I'm usually pressing the buzzer right there, almost late every day. And I don't have enough time in my morning to get everything done. So I was getting, I was trying to get up earlier and it started working. I started getting up earlier and earlier. And then I started to work Fridays and Saturdays at night 
And I was going to bed by 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock, midnight at the latest. I was in bed sleeping and I got up early. Well, then I have to be there till midnight, one o'clock. I'm not going to bed till two o'clock in the morning, only two days out of my week. Threw everything off. It throws my entire, just because I do it two days out of the week, it throws my entire week off Mm -hmm. because to reset that rhythm, that pattern for your brain, that habit that you put yourself in, sleep's important and getting yourself a structured sleep plan that works for you and sticks with it. It's and it's huge. not just a week plan. It's like an everyday plan. Right. I watched a YouTube video one time about this guy who said most people have a pretty set schedule and then the weekend comes and it's like they live on the other side of the continent. Yeah. You know, their eating yeah. schedule, their sleep schedule, everything. Because it's all under their control at that point. They right. don't have that weekly responsibility of their employer or what other responsibility that they had. Like it comes to the weekend, depending on what you do. Some people that they work for themselves, I mean, every day is a new day. So they Mm -hmm. work and they do what they have to do. But a lot of the people that do have like those two free days, it's like, what, what's everything that I can cram in these days that I can get done? Cause then I got to go five days of devoting my entire life and soul to this other organization. Or you've got people like you where you've got one job with a schedule five days of the week. And then your other job is the polar opposite. It's true. For the other two days. I don't technically have a day off, but I do technically have periods of hours off per day. Right. You take it and you get. That's kudos to you. Like I even working like six hour days and still having the rest of that time. When work takes up a good portion of my time, I feel like that day is dedicated to work, which I shouldn't. And I've been trying to make more by going to the gym and stuff after. But work can just be draining where you're there. You don't want to do anything when you're done. No, it's it's that's what you've done for the day. That's who you are for that day kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Especially on the days that I was working Saturday morning overtime and then going into my job at the pizzeria like that. Saturday was my longest day. And that was a day that was just devoted to work. I get out of work, finally get back to my house around like 1030 or so, give or take. I'm up until three. That's my, I finally have some time. So, and then the next morning I'm sleeping in a little bit. I'm getting up at like 10, 11, whatever, who cares? I don't have to work until three. This is my only day that I get to finally sleep in. Mm Mm-hmm. Not a lot of productivity in those mornings, except like for on Saturday when I work. That's the dangerous thing of how work kind of is. And I don't know how you could change it, but so many people do that where they work, 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 work. And instead of just enjoying life on the other days off, they're escaping on the other days off. It's their time to completely decompress and check out because they're just so they know that work is coming in a couple of days work's going to be here soon again. So I just need to like, it starts out. Oh, I'm finally done with work. And I I go, Oh God, it's coming again. I think it comes down to how they were brought up and what, how they witnessed their parents. Cause if their parents, for example, worked for themselves and dictated their own schedule and things were not as stressful, then they're not going to see the stress of someone that can't necessarily do that where work dictates everything that oh work said this and oh work said that i gotta do this because of work and this and work and work and work 
they're so, probably the ones hit hardest by that when they get a real job not a real job but when they work for someone else yeah especially um i was brought up that i should work for myself and not work for anyone else and you don't just get to start that way like you gotta kind of go the grind so that you can learn the respect mm -hmm. right learn the struggle tell me that it takes yeah and if you're gonna tell me that are you gonna let me live for free at your house while i do that <laughs> and be my first investor well, that's what it needs to that's what it needs to be it seems that's where i mean i give kudos in my last few jobs i've been working very directly with owners and i learned a lot from that because is it takes a lot to like run and own your own business and it does you literally have to dedicate yourself to it you have to you're always there you're always on call you're always on the phone it's it's if you're a good owner you're always there. You're always, you're tuned in with your business. You know, what's going on. I've seen both sides of the coin. I've seen the mm -hmm. owners who it's a, you know, like a vending machine where they just go and take money from, but they don't give anything back. They don't take care of it. And they just let it kind of try to sink or swim on its own. But they're the ones who will also blow up when things go wrong. Right. When it's not going how they want it to go, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. you're never there and you never have any kind of control over it. You're just letting it be. See, and the problem that those owners run into is that they put all that responsibility into a manager to run it for them. But then the manager, it's not their vision or they don't have full authority. So the manager wants to do things, but then the owner doesn't allow the manager to do those things. So then they're always in a constant battle where the manager thinks that their way is right. The owner thinks that their way is right. Mm -hmm. Right. And also to give your manager some managerial training, because the thing is, it's just like any other field. You have to keep learning. Otherwise, you're going to fail. You There's skills that even... The ability to manage and lead people is one thing. That's a that's like an inherent thing that like I feel like you have or you don't. If you're you're a natural born leader kind of thing, but you still have to hone that. You still have to you have I to agree. learn new skills that can make that better and how to address different situations and what is this person doing? What's this person doing? Like that's one thing that Journeys understood is Journeys was constantly growing, constantly sending you to different class like group sessions and different things to share managerial. Skills and different abilities, and that's the way it should be. I, I believe that every industry managers should be required to go to further manager manager training. Continued there's education, just, right? Yeah, there's there, yeah, there's a lot of industries that they just don't have a lot of those capabilities because it's a very niche market. Uh, to some extent, though, it's managerial skills, at least from my experience, are interchangeable between different occupations be. for some of the more general ones. Of course, there's certain ones that you have to be more critical and more crucial and right. things like that. But for the most part, on how to talk to people, how to hash out problems that are going on between two separate people, how to prioritize, how to delegate, these are all things that are encompassed by almost any manager job you'll ever do it's it's the same thing just in a different setting mm -hmm. people you'll see the same scenario play out 10 times and slightly different but you can teach them general skills of what to do in certain situations or ask them like how you'd handle it and the best is having them just talk to other people who are managers because 
no one's going to teach you how to do everything right. But when you share stories and share experiences and things that you've handled, it's eye-opening. It's, it, mm-hmm. This is something they've ran into, and it's a new piece of knowledge that you picked up from talking with that person, that cohabitation. You never know who your advice can help until you've given it. Right. That would be really cool if the Better Business Bureau just mandated managerial training for the general manager for the establishment. It would benefit everybody. It'd benefit the customers. It would benefit the employees. It'd benefit the business owner. You know, if your business is better managed, everything's going to go better, <laughs> you know? But, in, but also, in essence, why would they do that? that's going to move society forward. Right. Like that's, that's, that's going to mean that businesses are going to make it and not make the government all this money because they failed. Right. Because on the same note, I feel like employees can't feel so pressured to not be able to challenge their managers a little bit. Like if something's wrong, you should be allowed to call somebody out and not be threatened with being fired. Good thing. You just have to do it in an appropriate and respectful way. It's it's understanding that they're your manager and right. when you're going to go about it. If, you, if it's your first week, probably not going to get a good time to come in and tell everybody how things should be done. Right. But depending on what it is, if it's something super harmful right. or disrespectful or things like that, then make calls where calls are needed to do. But that's that is a good manager. That's that's one thing that you I feel like would come with that manager training is you can learn from your employees how to be a better manager. Every time when I would do the monthly meetings with my employees, I would talk to them about things that they were doing well and areas that they can improve. And then I'd ask, what can I do better? How can I better lead you? How can I be a better manager mm-hmm. towards you? Because you see me do it every day. And it's just like the thing we've talked about with tons of friends and different people. Everybody has these different isms, these different weaknesses. And if no one ever calls you out on it, you don't know what's a problem and you can never fix it. But if you give that people that opportunity to call you out and say, Hey, it really frustrates me when you do this or really irritates me when you do this. And sometimes that can be, okay, I can try to compensate or work with that. But the reason I do that is this, there's reasoning behind that. And I have to do these things. And how can we find a middle ground here? And sometimes it's like, okay, I, I just, I'll try not to do that. I'll try to be more understanding of that, or I'll try to be more accepting and I'll try to handle that a different way. You don't know the full story until you have the conversation. Right. It's something that stuck with me from Mr. Daly a long time ago is the number one sought after skill in a manager is their ability to listen, not to talk, not to lead, not to tell people what to do, but to be able to listen. Yep. That's what this world needs is more people that are actually listening to the other people, because that's how people feel like they're not getting appreciated is, oh, we're having the same conversation. We're saying the same things and we're not getting new results. Mm -hmm. I think it's Epicurus who said you were born with two ears and one mouth. So that way you could listen more than you talk. That's something he told me and something I've also took from one of my, it's built upon from one of my friends who is a therapist is the strongest thing you can do too is ask questions. Instead of telling people that they did something wrong or chastising or go, like breaking somebody down, find out why. Ask questions, dig deeper, understand, seek to understand. 
Uh, I think that's what Ross says. Seek to understand, seek to understand, not to be understood. You know, you don't have to try to make people understand how you are. Just seek to understand how they are, understand where they're coming from, because you can better influence them, be a part of their life. If you understand them better. You've talked me off the ledge with Ali a few times is uh, you told me to ask him questions and I complained that I did. And you said, well, then try asking the same question just in a different way. Ask him in a different way until you finally get an answer. And I learned that from just eventually you're going to start talking their language. However bad it sounds, it sounds disrespectful, but I mean, in the least disrespectful way. Managing people, even grown adults sometimes, is like working with children. It's, it's everyone just, says it's, that it's this, it's this sometimes petty squabbles, this bickering. This you have to break through these walls and barriers. And yeah, when you ask someone the same question in a different way, sometimes they might not understand your question, they might understand where it's coming from. Or sometimes you can also just catch them off guard because you're asking the same thing in different ways and just bringing that out of them. But it's wild. I, I try not to think of it that way, but there's so many times where I see an interaction. And I was like, how old are you guys? <laughs> I will see that quite often. And I'm just like, oh, I didn't realize that we were operating an adult daycare. Yeah. Right. What, when that's the worst is, and I'm, this is something I talked with somebody about recently is how people can have an issue with somebody and not go out and have a conversation with them. Mm. We'll tell everybody else they work with the problem but that they, they have, have with that this person. issue that accomplishes nothing. You telling all these other people doesn't solve that problem. The only person that you could talk to to solve that problem is the person you're having the problem with. It'll eventually get back it. to them and then they'll change yeah. their ways. Yeah. Right. I, exactly. I love, I love it when those people will be like trying to like recruit the other people on their side and the other people that they're trying to recruit are like, sounds like you should probably talk to the other person. Mm-hmm. And they're right. just like, oh, yeah, I, you, you, you don't know the full story. It's like, you just told me the full story. I know the full story. Oh, so you're only telling me. Half I know. The story I know then, your huh? side of the story. <laughs> you should go learn the other half. You just don't want to have that awkward conversation. No. And nothing's ever going to accomplish. You're just going to complain. So now (laughs) they're irritating you and you're irritating me because I don't want to just sit here and hear you complain all day, especially because it goes back to the thing we were talking about before. You make the same complaint about them every week. You say the same thing about them. You're a broken record at this point. Mm -hmm. Now you're wasting my time and interrupting me because you just want to complain about something you've already told me about six times do something about it. That's where whenever I had issues with two employees and they would do the same thing. One would come to me and say this, the other one come to say this. And it was something where it's not something I could fix. It was an inner, it was like between the two of them. Right. And I would take You're them just out. a venting tool. Right. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. You're just, you're not accomplishing. So I would take them out into the, in the food court. I'd sit them both down together and it's awkward at first, but I bring it up and I'm the moderator. I'm the mediator. We're going to talk this out. And we're going to get it over with. And it worked every time. It, it, it went, I had one uh, set who was like, they're my co-managers and they fought like cats and dogs. They always bickered to me about so-and-so did this. So it's like, it's like a brother and sister. So-and-so did this. So-and-so did this. So-and-so did this. And it's like, okay, we'll help they're them just, not do that. They're, they're <laughs> fighting for the attention. 
fighting right. for that recognition. It's more though for them. It was, they were so similar is why they didn't get along. They had so many similarities that they, it was like fire meets fire. You know what I mean? So, but when they learned that and when they sat down, became great friends. When you cleared that air, they became good friends, hung outside of work, still are friends to this day because they were able to air it out. You know, it's, it's mind. It's, cra- it's crazy that you had to force that upon them, but it was for the better. Right. And that's, it's, that's the world. If people just talked more, if people just conversed more instead of bickering behind everybody's back, we'd understand we're not so different. We're all dealing with the same things, going through the same stuff. We're all similar. We're all living life and trying to get by and enjoy ourselves. That's the problem with a lot of the society watching shows like keeping up with our Kardashians or love and hip hop in Atlanta. (laughs) Yeah. Those shows are ruining society. (laughs) It's the model of how to live reality. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. This is how real people live. It's like, uh, this is how real people with cameras following them 24 seven live. Right. That's where I love the fact of there's different balances to it. So I like the ability of, of YouTube and other self creators where people can put their true selves out there. Some people put on an image and want to be um, influencers and put on this kind of act to get like notification. But some people are just their true weird selves and put themselves out there and show people that no, there's other weird people out there like that too. There's other people mm-hmm. who, who act just like you out there and they're not fake and they're just this real person. You're not alone. Right. <clears throat> and that's comforting. That that makes less people want to be fake, less people want to put on that mask, more people be happy just being themselves and not being angry and taking it out on the rest of the world. It's, a, it's actually beneficial at that point. Right. Let people it's, be themselves. That's what it should be. There's no straight lines in nature. There's no one way a person should be. No. It's what being an adult is, is learning who you are, learning the structure you want to follow, learning the life that you want to live and learning the people that you want to influence. Right. You just got to take that time away from that. Everybody else is telling you to do and figure out who you are, figure out what is masks and things that you've put on and things that you've added to yourself because other people told you it was a a good characteristic or it was a good way to live your life or it was a, a cool quote you heard once. What Shut actually matters, right? Mm-hmm. Unlearn some of that stuff. Create new habits. Use those new habits to create and form better habits. Right. And make sure the things that you actually enjoy, not because somebody else told you you should enjoy them. Because if you don't structure and organize your life, somebody else is going to. And then it's not going to be yours. You're not allowed to complain about it unless you're going to do something about it. Because complaining about it does nothing. Doesn't. Just kicks that can down the road.